The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome everyone to Answers for Elders Radio Network. And we are here again with the amazing, wonderful Jim Kaler, who helps us with all of the later life financial and legal issues that come about um, as a wonderful elder law attorney and my friend, Jim, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm not sure it qualifies amazing and wonderful, but thank you for the You are amazing and wonderful. You know, I always think that of you. And um, I'm so thrilled that you're on the program today because right now it's an interesting time. People are a lot of spring cleanings happening, a lot of thoughts for downsizing and a lot of things where people have been together during the holidays and they're trying to figure out what next steps are. And, you know, a lot of these moves and these major things happen during this, you know, the summer season. And so um, this is a time really important to talk about, especially because it's tax season as well. But people are looking at, obviously, if there's a health issue or all of a sudden I need you know, I'm concerned about long-term care. How am I going to pay for it? And it is a very daunting scenario to try to figure out how to do this. And so um, we're here today talking about this topic to our listeners. And Jim, um, tell us a little bit about what families go, you know, deal with when they're approaching this time. Okay. So, um, Today, I want to focus on people who need care now, what elder law attorneys call okay. crisis work, because you and I have talked in the past in previous installments on thinking yeah. ahead, if you're worried Correct. about it in the future. So today, let's talk right. about someone needs care, a loved one needs care, and the loved one or the married couple, and that includes a loved one who needs mm-hmm. care, still have some money, what's going to happen? Yeah. Okay, so they can choose to private pay for care. And more and more places, at least around me, I'm in Northeast Ohio, and I suspect this is true nationally, more right. and more places do not want to participate in Medicaid's reimbursement because it doesn't pay as much as they can get private true. pay. Uh, so, and this is especially true with assisted livings and memory care units, okay? So a place that has memory care may not take Medicaid at all, right. uh, especially if it's an assisted living style. Or an assisted living, even if you don't need memory care. A lot of assisted livings don't want to take Medicaid because it just simply doesn't pay that much. And they think they can keep themselves full. I think the pandemic is going to change a lot of minds on that. Because, you know, there's uh, the the inherent reluctance to move into a nursing home where assisted living was there before. And it just jumped. That reluctance just went through the roof uh, because of the pandemic. You don't want to be in, in a place with lots of other sick people and you may get COVID. So, uh, so I, there may be some softening of some of these places to take Medicaid, uh, but we'll have to see. Depends I know on whether there, they, there they is, keep themselves full. I know there is with home care too. It's right. softening, yeah. which is good. Yeah, yeah. home care, because that's the alternative. You need care uh, and your family just can't do it. Home care is mm-hmm. the way to go. And most states have a Medicaid program for home care, but the financial eligibility is the same. Uh, The income's a little different, but but what to do with your wealth is pretty much the same. So what happens if you need care? I'm just going to say you and and talk to the people who need it, uh, but the loved ones can listen in and and just kind of follow along with with you. Okay. So you need care and you still have some money and you're married. So 
Uh, it's different when you're married than when you are single, both through VA benefits and through, which is going to be the pension benefit. We talked about pension extensively in the past. Sure. Uh, is, it's going to be different through VA pension than it is through Medicaid, but there still is for a married person is different in VA than it is for a single person. And Medicaid is different for a married person than it is for a single person. Okay. Uh, and depending, just, just to get it out there, the state you're in and its Medicaid program may not recognize common law marriage. And I don't think that VA recognizes common law marriage. So if you're not married, married, marriage certificate, the whole nine yards. Medicare doesn't either. Yeah. You may not. Now some states recognize it. Okay. Some states recognize common law marriage, but I know Ohio doesn't, I don't know about any other state, but that's, that's consideration. If you're trying to claim on common law, you got to find out first and you may want to get married or may not. There are other things about marriage you may not like. Um, So, uh, so let's say you're married and one of you needs long-term care. Uh, It just, and, and home and, and the family's not enough anymore. You, you got to get some professional help. Okay. So, the to get Medicaid, you would have to spend down and get your assets your okay. Now the now I'm compartmentalizing in the individual, your assets down below two thousand dollars in Ohio. Uh, two thousand dollars is the federal standard, but some states are as low as fifteen hundred bucks, and that's a very state by state thing. And I'm not going to list the states here. I mean, you can find out about your own state. You're not going to apply in two mm-hmm. different states, mm-hmm. okay? But we're, you know, this is, that's low. That's, that's almost nothing. Okay. So uh, with a married couple, the, the federal rules and the state rules that have to follow the federal rules are going to allow the well spouse, the one who does not need care to keep a certain amount of money. And it depends where you start. Okay. Um, About at about $130,000, the, uh, well, let me, let me back up on that. If the, the family has a bunch of money, you know, the, right. the couple has more than $260,000, the spouse who is well is going to be able to keep about 130 of that. If they've okay. got more than 260, the spouse who is well, it's still going to be capped out at about 130. Okay. Uh, it's a multiple of federal poverty level. And it's not a round number anymore, but 130 is a good rule of thumb. Okay. Uh, the, uh, so if there's half a million dollars, the spouse who's well still only gets to keep about 130. Okay. Um, so, uh, and then the, the rest of it is without changing names on anything at the beginning is attributed to the one who needs care. And then has to be spent down to 2000 or 1500 or 1600, mm-hmm. whatever your state requires. Excuse me. So uh, now VA has roughly the same number. They're at 138,000 for eligibility whether you're single or married, the difference okay. between um, VA in, in uh, a married couple is how much you get each month through the pension program. A married person gets, can get more, at least has a maximum that's higher than a single person. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, if you're single and want to get VA coverage and you got $138,000 and it gets really squirrely, as we discussed before with, you have to count your income for VA purposes, sure. which is your income minus your healthcare expenses and VA gets to calculate those. You can estimate, but you may not view them the same way VA does get squirrely, but we're still $130,000 ballpark. Okay. So um, this, there is, if you're at 130, 
there's no spend down. If you're single, you're now qualified. Again, right. including the income thing. If you're married, you're still 130. There is no split. Okay. So what Medicaid would allow a married couple to keep, which is half of up to 260, does there is no 50-50 split with a uh, with a well spouse or an ill spouse. Okay. But you still come out to about the same number. Sure. Um, so, but VA penalizes money you gave away within the last three years. Mm-hmm. Medicaid penalizes money you gave away within the last five years. Yep. Medi- Medicaid usually ignores your house and its entire acreage. VA ignores your house and two acres. So if you ah. are, if you're in a property development and everybody's got two acres or few or less of, of area, you're fine. If you're on a farm, yeah, most of that farm is going to count against your 130 grand for VA purposes. My goodness. Okay. Now Medicaid may not beat you up on on the acreage, but they may say your your lots aren't contiguous. Right. Or they may say the house with your the lot with your house on it counts, but all the others, if they have different property numbers, that counts toward your, your resources and that counts toward the how much can your spouse keep, how much can you mm-hmm. keep, et cetera. Okay. <clears throat> and that's a sta- another state by state thing. You know, one state may be more forgiving on extra property as long as it's contiguous. Another state mm-hmm. may not. Mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, a little sliver or road down the middle. No, nope, that's not contiguous, even though you're farming both sides of the road. So what you can do with your wealth is really different between the two programs. Okay. Uh-huh. And, but you can still spend. Spending is okay. You just can't give away. Now you right. can give away, but you have to deal with the penalty that comes with it. Okay. Right. One rule says thou shalt not give away. And if you look hard, it says, well, if you give away, this is what we're going to do to you. Okay. But you still got to pay for care in the end. Yeah, you do. Yeah, okay. You do. And the way VA penalizes you for giving stuff away is different than the way Medicaid penalizes you for giving stuff away. Right. The VA penalty starts the month after the last giveaway. Okay. So if you give away a bunch of month, uh, a bunch, several months in a row, <clears throat> the penalty starts after the last one. So if you gave away a bunch two years ago, and then a little bit last month, that big bunch two years ago catches up to this month and your penalty is big. Okay. Wow. But it starts the month after you give it away. So if you gave away a bunch several months ago, waited, 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 and then applied for VA benefits, your penalty may be gone because you outweighed you, you it. You know, you waited until the penalty was over, whether you realized it or not. Right. Okay. Right. Medicaid penalty, if you gave away within the last five years, it does not start until you're in, in some place that would qualify you for Medicaid. You have applied and you're poor enough to qualify, but for the penalty. Mm-hmm. They really try to make it difficult to give money away in the in the Medicaid program. That goes back to the 2007 federal amendments to the Medicaid. Sure, sure. So it's tricky what you can do with it. But if you want to spend on things that make sense, a lift chair, comfortable clothes to sit around and easy to take on and put, Mm -hmm. you know, take off and to put on uh, hearing aids, eyeglasses, dentures. Those are great. Okay. If you want to take four cruises around the world, that's still, <laughs> it's still okay. Value for your money. It's okay. And then you can apply for a Medicaid when that money's gone. Yep. 
Yeah. So expenditures are okay. Same for yeah. VA. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more in our next segment about what constitutes a spend down. How does it all come together? I think this is really fascinating information. And I want to ask you some real specific questions of families of what they're dealing with right now, because there's a lot of questions about how the laws are changing um, about that. And, and um, so Jim and I will be right back in part two of this segment right after this. State of Ohio residents, you have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com or just email him at jkoewler-afe, that's jkoewler-afe at protectingseniors.com. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio. 